If you want romance, then let's have romance. Oh look, there's wine. Mmm, grape juice that burns. Now let's gaze into each other's eyes. You blinked, I win. Let's see, what's next? Oh, kissing's romantic. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game on Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. In this episode, we'll be talking about some of our favorite geeky romances and romantic moments, inspired by Season 7, Episode 15 of The Big Bang Theory. Warning! 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 There will be spoilers for that episode, so if you haven't seen it, you might want to go watch it. You can watch it on CBS.com, and then come back and listen to the episode after that. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. This week, we're going to discuss some of our favorite geeky romances. Inspired by the recent kiss between Sheldon and Amy on The Big Bang Theory, we thought we'd look back at some of our favorite romantic movies from geeky shows, movies, or books. So first off, let's start with our opening discussion here, Rhonda. Okay. What did you think of the shamey kiss? Um, I thought that it was extremely well done. I agree. It was um, very smart. It dealt with some very, um, it dealt very well with their characters and Mm -hmm. it dealt very well with um, just uh, relational dynamics. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Um, even to the point of the um, the last scene with Leonard and Sheldon, when Len- Leonard's like, you know, of those three things, there's not one of those that stands out to you. And I thought that was the perfect question for Sheldon and yeah. the perfect answer by Sheldon. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and I, I'm I'm constantly amazed at that the quality of writing hasn't dipped. Yeah. I mean, I know, and I know there's a lot of people who listen, and I know there's a lot of people who hate The Big Bang Theory because it panders to geek culture, and I understand that. But it is a sitcom, and that is what the genre does. That's yeah, it's just what it does. Every you know, every sitcom does that. Um, but I really appreciated the way they handled the kiss because it could mm-hmm. have so easily been uh, just played to the audience. Because the yeah. audience, you know, you know, we're all, I think, on some level, many of us are rooting for Sheldon and Amy to figure out what they are to each other, really. <laughs> no, I'm rooting for Amy, anyway. Yeah, exactly. We're rooting for Amy. <laughs> and maybe not Sheldon so much. But there is part of me that has a great amount of empathy for Sheldon, which is another sort of um, brilliant stroke on their, on their part, um, to write a character that is so inherently annoying. <laughs> yeah, but also... I think but someone who's who really honestly doesn't necessarily need other relationships or doesn't understand his need right, right. of other relationships. And I like that that dynamic is consistent mm-hmm. and the growth in that area is um, uh, very subtle mm-hmm. and, and that makes it a little more realistic than what you normally find in a sitcom. Right, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and that's one of the best parts about it. And, and you're right, because the, the theme of relationship dynamics ran throughout the whole episode with all three of oh, them. Yeah. And, and it was really cute to see um, Bernadette and Howard, um, especially the scene where Bernadette is, you know, kind of rolling her eyes at, um, oh, she was talking about how she tamed him or she, you know, kind oh, of yeah. changed him into the guy that he was now. You know, he was this big, loose goofball, crazy goofball. And he's like, oh, you didn't really, you know, <laughs> do much to change that. And she just looks at Amy like, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah. So that was an interesting dynamic to see. And uh, Leonard and uh, Penny and uh, taking care of Raj's puppy and all that. It was, yeah, there was a lot of really great moments. Yeah, it's it's a well-balanced cast, and I'm glad that they've gotten back to recognizing that mm-hmm. instead of making it the Sheldon show. Right, exactly. Because, I mean, no matter how funny or how popular you would get, Sheldon's going to get old after a while. Exactly. There's there's really no way for him not to. Right. Um, just because of the personality, the strength of the personality, like I said, the irritation <laughs> that yeah. you feel, you know, with his character and... And being able to show him, you know, growing is is really important. Because if he doesn't, if he just stayed then, then he's going to become a stereotype and a caricature of the character. And we're yeah. going to get tired of that and we're going to stop watching. I liked it because I really didn't know how they were going to wrap the episode up. Mm-hmm. Um, when they were all sitting there, I was just looking at Amy and I'm just like, just leave. Just, just <laughs> yeah. leave. Yeah. I, I don't understand why you still sit there. I don't understand why you still take it. I really like the points at which it's happened previously in the show where she puts her foot down. Yes, exactly. And I was not expecting that kiss and that made it brilliant. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. Because my jaw dropped and then the kiss didn't stop and I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly the way it should have happened. Mm-hmm. I wasn't expecting it and this is how I think it would ride out. Mm-hmm. And then he still wanted to go back up to the engine room. Right. But he invited her and she felt included. Right, exactly. Which is really all he needs to do <laughs> yep. for her in some ways is just include her in, in his thing. And he just doesn't understand that because he's so he's so focused on himself and his own enjoyment that he doesn't understand that, you know, all he has to do is take this step and it will open up their world to each other. I really, one thing I do hope is that they um, actually do something with Raj Mm -hmm. uh, because they're really turning him into um, a cartoon. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't like it. There's too much, especially early on and in earlier seasons um, and episodes uh, he had so much potential, and there was did, so yeah. much exciting there. And I really, I really liked the little girlfriend they had him meet. That you know had the fear of of yeah the the paranoia or the you yeah know, social she's a, anxiety. She's an awesome actress, mm-hmm. and I I really was looking for. I was like, this is a great relationship, and mm-hmm. it was just gone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I, I still wonder if that's going to come back because. Um, that storyline just felt unfinished to me on some level. So I, I kind of wonder if, yeah, yeah, if they'll, they'll bring it back and she'll, and she'll come back. We'll see if she does, but you know, I, I like at least that they removed the whole can't speak to women thing. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't gonna, cause if that, they would have done another season of that, I think I would, you know, the first couple of seasons, like I could, you know, I could kind of, you know, go with it and, Oh, you can only drink when, you know, you can only talk to women when you're drinking and your inhibitions are lowered. And then, you know, finally they got over that. And I'm like, okay, good. You know, we need we need to have a season where he's actually just capable of talking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> where we don't have this gag that's constantly coming back and forth. So at least they did progress that part of it. Yeah, yeah they were going to have to. Or else, yeah. I mean, he would just be a... I don't, I don't know how they could persist. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With him doing that. So, absolutely. But yeah, that was good. So yeah. we'll quit um, fawning over the show. <laughs> 
since so many people don't like it, but okay. <laughs> that's what that was the impetus, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the inspiration for us to talk about these um, our favorite stories or romantic moments from geeky stories and um, movies and TV shows. So let's start with some of our favorites. So, wow, uh, you got a favorite you want to? kick it off with Rhonda? Well, I did it in sort of a top five kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So my, um, my number five is actually <laughs> from district nine. Oh, um, the very end of district nine, um, through the entire show. And it is presented that Wickus Vandermeer is sort of a goofball. He's kind of a poser. He's really a nerd. And then he gets into this horrible, horrible fix, and he grows as a person, but becomes severely and permanently damaged. Mm. But what you see from his wife is um, utter devotion. Mm. Now, the reason this is so significant is she's attractive, um, and he's such a dork. Right. And you're like, how did those two ever end up together? And he's also browbeaten by his father-in-law. And to see that she is not swayed, she's not swayed by the media, she's not swayed by her father, she's not swayed by um, the government. And in the very, very end, he is still devoted to her, and um, she he, he crafts these little... Um, ornaments out of like metal and tin and 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 wire and stuff he used to do it when they were together well he has had to go off radar and at the very end she's talking and she's holding one of these and she's like i found this on my doorstep and i'm I'm sure it's him i'm just i'm just positive it's him Mm -hmm. and people tell me just to throw away and forget it but she doesn't Mm. And she just stands there and holds it. And so you've got the scene of her hanging on to it. And then you have the scene of him in his remote location making them. And it's just the most, it's like, it doesn't matter the distance. She saw what was happening to him. It didn't matter. Right. It was about the commitment and the relationship um, and the loyalty. And it just was a beautiful, beautiful scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. uh, out of all the shooting and aliens, yeah, that was. <laughs> I, there's everything for everybody in that movie, <laughs> right? There's a little bit of everything. <laughs> what about you? Uh, let's see. Well, my number five, I put um, an episode from uh, Star Trek: The Original Series. Um, oh. Yeah, uh, going sort of going to the way back. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite sort of cult classic. Not that, you know, all things, the original series aren't cult classics. Uh, but this one in particular, City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah. And it's a time travel episode where um, Bones, in a kind of crazed, drug-addled state of mind, runs through a portal that takes him back in time and completely changes Earth's history. And the ship disappears. And so uh, Captain Kirk and Spock have to go back in time and set right what was ever done wrong by uh, McCoy. And in the process, of course, Captain Kirk, who is well known for um, being friendly with anything remotely female, (laughs) has a love story that um, develops with Edith Keeler, who is sort of the manager of the local homeless shelter that's helping, mm-hmm. you know, men who are down on their luck and uh, uh, get their lives back together. And um, Edith Keeler's played by Joan Collins, right? 
Yes, Joan Collins is Edith yeah. Bueller. And so they have a love story where they, you know, they progress and fall in love. And like most time travel love stories, it does not end well. <laughs> no. Because it turns out that, you know, it's McCoy saving Edith Keeler that, you know, destroys the timeline. So um, he has to let her die. And I, I think it is one of the most tragic and most beautiful sort of moments in definitely in the original series, just the emotion on um, William Shatner's face. I mean, I, he gets critiqued for his, you know, overacting and his overdoing, yeah. but there are some very genuine moments that he has in the original series, and that was one of them where you can just see the pain coming off him. And so, yeah, it's it's a horrible moment, but <laughs> yeah, it's certainly beautiful in its its. Uh, exactly nature which is you know which is something you know captain kirk was like the very first jack harkness <laughs> captain jack man yeah yeah he was That's... he was just uh he was in love with anything that walked yeah you know? yeah it's, it's interesting because i'm i'm currently watching enterprise which i've never watched before um, I hadn't seen it when it had come out and so I'm I'm growing to to appreciate Captain Archer. Um, it's a very very different captain from both Captain Kirk and from Patrick Stewart. Mm -hmm. It's just such a it's an and it's a really interesting mix of kind of their two characters. So I'm really oh, yeah. I'm really kind of enamored with how they're writing Archer. So I'm going I'm curious to see how it develops through the series. I'm only in the first season right now, but I've not watched it. Yeah, it's I recommend it. I'm, oh, okay. I'm very surprised at. Oh, okay. And I know the original series well enough, so I'm like, wait, I don't. But the but uh, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, sometimes with it, and some because sometimes there are characters where you're like, I don't understand why you guys are talking about these guys because they come out in this episode of this show. Ah, <laughs> uh, your geeks coming out <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> But it is really good. I think you'd probably enjoy it. So it's not quite as politically correct or as um, stuffy as The Next Generation was. Interesting. Um, it's a little well, grittier. You. Now you got me curious. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, got some, it's got some character to it, which I really like. So anyway, I digress. Awesome. <laughs> Next. Well, my number four is um, Wally and Eve from the um, oh. movie Wally. Oh, oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, the um, the dyna dynamic is just adorable. Um, of course, Wally falls in love with Eve mm -hmm. on first sight. And mm -hmm. of course, we're talking about robots here. Right. <laughs> and that's what makes it so brilliant, because yeah. the amount of uh, character and emotion and interaction and stuff that they are able to accomplish, uh, not just when an with animation, but with robots, is is really phenomenal. And of course, Wally's in love with her on first sight. She is completely absorbed with her mission and is very cautious. Mm -hmm. She is also a modern, a very modern robot. He is a very old robot. His mm -hmm. task is, um, his uh, prime directive is not nearly as romantic as mm -hmm. hers is. Right. Uh, he's a trash compactor. Mm -hmm. And she is on a mission to find uh, life once again on Earth. Right. She's got a lot of uh, very powerful weapons. She's very intimidating. <laughs> uh, he, she intimidates him greatly. But he sticks it out. He's very mm -hmm. brave. He's very courageous. And um, through tenacity and taking on her cause, um, 
they develop a relationship. And the scene that I love is at the very, very end when Wally has sacrificed absolutely everything, including himself, mm-hmm. to accomplish her prime directive, and he gets um, severely damaged. Mm-hmm. They finally land back on the planet, and she races using absolutely every one of her maximum abilities, mm-hmm. races him to um, his uh, um, trailer, completely repairs him, and then blows a hole in the roof so that he can get solar power to right. recharge. Right. And then she just stands there waiting with bated breath for a robot yeah. for him to come back to life. Right, right. And it's just beautiful to see how she's turned and what lengths that she goes to knowing how the relationship has finally developed. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Now, I, I always forget about the animated movies, <laughs> which is... Really well, and the, the, when you think about it, though, they're not a lot with good romance stories right, in them because exactly. I mean, you're talking about Beauty and the Beast and right. Little Mermaid, and it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But um, but that was one of the things I loved the most about Wally. Their how they communicate and how they come mm-hmm. to sort of know and appreciate each other. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really sweet. So, well. Next, next, I have um, Doctor Horrible and Penny from Doctor oh, Horrible Sing Along Blog. How heartbreaking! I know another one. God, I'm kind of on a roll. Actually, I have three that are tragedies. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, no, listeners, I don't want you to tell me what that means about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I can. <laughs> yes, yes, Rhonda is, is allowed. <laughs> Um, yeah, just, you know, totally, you know, pulling for them to, to, to pull it together as characters. Um, and it's just heart wrenching, um, the outcome of that. So I was watching something recently too, that reminded me of it. Um, oh, I think it was the fellowship of the ring Mm. where you've got someone who is perceived as the bad character, the evil character how rarely it is seen that this person is not 100% evil. Right, right. That there's a potential for change or growth if someone, one, will reach out a hand in friendship and uh, bridge that gap. And, you you know, it was done so beautifully, even though it was comical and uh, musical and everything else, you could see Dr. Horrible going completely sloughing off his evilness just for her. Right, exactly. You could see the transformation she could bring about. Um, David Duchovny was interviewed once about his character Fox Mulder and the relationship between Fox and um, between Mulder and Scully. And um, he said that uh, he had known someone who had, whose wife he had referred to as his human credit because he was hmm. he was a scientist and he didn't really have like the abilities really the social abilities and he always felt that Scully was that for Mulder um, the human credit like that 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 tied him to that human experience and I think Penny was becoming that for Doctor Horrible yeah. you know who made you know humanity bearable <laughs> wow that's nice yeah so I, I I think of them in that same that same grouping and to have it sort of snatched away is is doubly tragic (laughs) well i'm i think all of mine end well (laughs) well good then you can balance balance you out i like it when they get together in the end 
<laughs> or at least choo- you know choose wh- where they should go, whether they should leave each other, or, right, right, or whatever. Well, what's funny though about that is that I would I would probably look at at both of us and say I'm I'm probably a little bit more on the optimistic side, and you're a little bit more on the cynical, maybe pessimistic yes. side. So it's kind yes. of hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And you're picking out the love stories with the happy endings, and I'm picking out the ones with the sad endings. So I yep. don't know. Now that's revealing. You guys can are more than welcome to just eat that up and tell yes. us what you think. Absolutely. <laughs> um, my number three is Alilu Dallas and Corbin oh, Dallas. Oh yeah, from The Fifth Element. Oh, uh, the closing scene. After uh, Lilu has seen all that mankind does to itself, mm-hmm. and Corbin, who's the the cynical, hard, grisly mm-hmm. cab driver, who's obviously highly overqualified to be a cab driver, <laughs> <laughs> and who's had a really hard life, <laughs> very hard life. He's yeah. he's divorced. His mother is annoying, and he lives with a cat and. Um, he just, it's just bad luck falls in his lap, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the very, very end, he has to bridge all of that and try again um, because Lilu will not save mankind right. unless she knows that love exists in the world. Right. And he has to show that to her right. for humanity's sake um, that man is capable of love. And oh, it's a wonderful scene, it's so tough. But yeah, it is. It really is. It's really nice. Yeah, that's I. That's one of my. I love that movie. Yep, got it on DVD. Yeah, play it all the time. I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I love it. All right, what about you? Uh, next, I have Willow and Tara from Buffy the Vampire uh, Slayer. See, that's the only one I could guess that you were possibly going to. <laughs> I think I mentioned it a couple of episodes ago. We were talking yeah, about uh, Suzanne why. and Polo. I mentioned yeah. how much I enjoyed that that story, and and. As much as I hate it, I, I do love Joss's tendency to, you know, rip your heart out by killing everybody's favorite characters. Yep. Never be able to have a happy, happy couple. Well, they were happy. Uh, yeah, but but I mean, everybody dies. Yes, that, that's just this is true. But once you see a couple happy in a Joss Whedon anything, <laughs> don't hold your breath. No. <laughs> I mean, think about Buffy and Angel. Yep. You know, that's they that. cannot be together. No. No, that's part and parcel with being a, a Waden fan is uh, yeah. is appreciating the fact that he will be ruthless with his characters. And one well, of the things I actually appreciate about Buffy is they don't bring Tara back at any point in time. Uh-uh. You know, because there's no. a lot of times where you'll see flashback scenes and, you know, they'll have a character. No, nope, nope, she's just gone. Yeah. They're gone, which is, you know, there's a lot of reality to that, too. So well, it's funny because one of the um, one of the love scenes that did that was number six on my list, so it mm-hmm. didn't really make it was from Buffy. Oh. And it was actually very late in the season and it was Buffy and Spike. Oh yeah. Um I almost put Buffy and Spike as well, but yeah. And it was tragic. It was yeah. the most tragic scene where Spike has actually gone to get his soul back so he can win her over mm-hmm. and basically lost his mind in the process. Yeah. So, yeah. Ugh, so well I I always preferred Spike over Angel. Oh, Angel was so weepy. I couldn't, I couldn't handle him. I just couldn't handle him. And and Spike was just the oh the sarcasm and the humor and the biting nature. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> 
of him in their relationship. I just adored it. I just yeah. adored everything about it. Um, and yeah, so I, I almost put that, but there's a, there was this, there's a sweetness to Willow and Tara that, that I think yeah. is, uh, needs to be recognized as the art. There's a kindness there. There's mm-hmm. um, a great deal of sensitivity, mm-hmm. what they're discovering and learning about themselves and about each other. And, um, it's a very delicate moment. I mean, mm-hmm. it could just, it could, it could be sliced open and ruined very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah. All right, what's what's next for you? You may be surprised after hearing this one that it did not make my number one. And it was close until I went back and watched the scene that my number one comes from. Okay. But Neo and Trinity in uh-huh. Matrix. Yeah, I, I knew that was going to be on your list. Yeah. yeah. The scene where uh, Trinity is leaning over Neo, who's just been killed, quote mm-hmm. unquote. And she tells him, you know what? It's it's okay because I know you're not really dead because I'm in love with you and that's the way it's supposed to be. I know right. I'm in love with you and something's going to happen. Right. And it's yeah. just utter and complete dis- I mean despite the reality that is literally blowing up around her. Mhm. She's like, "No, this is not the way it's going to go." Yeah. I, I know it's it's uh got to go a different way. And the faith the faith that went in there, faith in her her knowledge, the faith in, that she believed, and she was true to her convictions completely. It's like that's that's rare and hard to see. Yeah, yeah. You know, like the Indiana Jones thing, where it's like you know, close your eyes, step off the cliff. Right, exactly. You just have to take the leap of faith, <sighs> and you just have to you know believe that the the ledge is going to be there to catch you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what's next? Uh, next, I have um, f- two tied for number two um relationships from my all-time favorite web series um the guild uh so codex and zabu and codex and fox (laughs) (laughs) what disasters i know at least they're not you know tragic endings (laughs) at least i've gotten out of the somebody dies aspect the romances um they're just a wreck and i think that um i think i really appreciate that because one of the things i think i hate the most about romantic comedies is how clean everything is oh yeah you know that that idea that romance just sort of springs out of beautiful walking through flowers or whatever it is that you know and it has all these tight you know happy endings and and it, it so rarely does life go like that at all but you know in a relationship almost never so um, watching the evolution of Codex and Zabu to um, from sort of annoying each other to, um, you know, because he was so into her and then she gets into him in the fifth season. And then they finally, like, kind of solidify that friendship. I yeah. love that that progress because they really do love each other, yeah. even if they're not in love with each other. Yeah. And there's just something so smarmy about Fox. Oh, man. I just find absolutely compelling. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no matter what situation it was in, except for the very the um, the con season, mm-hmm. it, the the utter complete confidence and sh- assurance mm-hmm. assurance that he 
always does with every single scene. You just mm-hmm. want to smack him in the face. You do, you do, and and I just and uh, but the way they handled it, like um, you know, when he kisses her and then the, the wind blows and that kind of you know mocking of those those uh traditional yeah. romantic comedy things i just loved how it all kind of unfolded and um and i love his character for that and of course it's played by will wheaton so i'm gonna you know have the you know schoolgirl crush from when <laughs> i was yeah. watching him on the you know the next generation so um all that kind of plays into that but you know at least like i said nobody dies in that one so yay <laughs> codex codex doesn't end up with anybody but she should end up with either of them no but the best thing about codex is that she didn't need to end up with them right because by the end of the series she's become who she is which is what she really needed to do from the beginning so um so that was that was okay that was okay yeah yeah the way it was supposed to be exactly exactly it was it was as it should be all right so what's your number one um my number one is from unbreakable Really? Yes. This beat out the Matrix. Huh? It beat out the Matrix. Yes. Huh. Yes, but th- there there might be two reasons here. I don't know. Subconsciously, there may be one. Hmm. Um, Bruce Willis. I don't know. Yeah. It may be. But it be. the Well, you've had the, Bruce Willis in two of them then. Yes. <clears throat> Is that see? a thing? I, I, I feel you flushing, <laughs> I can't see you. But I can Let's hear just it. say I'm glad I was glad when he dumped Demi, okay? <laughs> um the, uh David and Audrey Dum Dunn. Dumb. Um Audrey Dunn. <laughs> um objection there. Yeah. No. <laughs> um uh David basically in the movie, if you haven't seen it, it's it's ridiculous that you haven't seen it. And so spoilers, but he discovers basically that he is a superhero. At the beginning of the movie, he and Audrey, they're married, they have a son, but they are separated. Mm-hmm. Um, they are actually living in, um, sleeping in two separate rooms in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, she is downstairs. He is upstairs still in the master bedroom. And, they they finally have a heart to heart talk at one point. I mean the the conversations and the presence of them together through the entire movie is so cold and it's so detached. You can already see that so much damage has been done and so much has been going on and it just tears you apart because mm-hmm. at the same time they manage to portray that it is a relationship that they wish would not end. Mm-hmm. But both of them seem completely at wit's end on mm-hmm. what to do about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's just really, really sad. But she, but <clears throat> I don't know whether she says something or he does. He tells her that, oh, well, now see, I wish I'd gone back and seen the movie. Unfortunately, I have it on VHS. Oh, my God. What? <clears throat> yeah. You, you have, have it on, on where? <laughs> I, someone send me a copy, please. I've got to go out and watch it again. Because one of uh. them tells the other one that they just wish that they could roll over and put their arms around them mm-hmm. and and be comforted and say, you know, I had a bad dream. Right, right. And at the very, very end, when David Dunn finds out not only exactly who he is, but what that means. Right. That he has to see and deal with despicable, horrible things. He comes home. He goes into the guest bedroom, he picks her up, carries her upstairs, puts her in bed, wraps his arm around her, mm-hmm. and he says, I had a bad dream. 
part of their relationship was he didn't know his purpose anymore because he wasn't doing what he knew he was meant to do. And consciously he felt like she took that away from him. Right. And so they found purpose. It was just the most beautiful, simple words that spoke everything. Right. That changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I can see why you put that above the matrix. Yeah, I always love it. I go back and I—it's one of the most brilliantly acted scenes. Mm-hmm. I, um, you don't see very much of Bruce Willis's face mm-hmm. uh, when they're going upstairs. You just see her face, mm-hmm. and it's a very long scene. It's mm-hmm. beautifully shot. M. Li- M. Night Shyamalan did a great job, and yeah. it's, it tells everything. Yeah, just- that's kind of one of his signatures. Those. Yes. Those long, those long moments that sort of reveal the characters and who they are and their struggles. Yeah. And yeah. Ask, he asks a lot of his actors. He does. Yes. And absolutely. Okay. That's me. All right. Well, I, in, in our, in our process now, when we, dear listeners, when, uh, when we started, I only had four on my list for Rhonda. So I'm throwing this uh, number one in off the cuff here. It, is a, it fits in the top five though. It definitely does. Yes. I'm okay. not, I'm not exactly sure I would rank it as number one. But in thinking about um, my tendency here, my proclivity toward tragic stories, I'm like, <laughs> let me think of a love story that wasn't so tragic that I oh, really appreciated. <laughs> and this is going to be completely out of left field, but I, I do love this story. So it's from Galaxy Quest. Oh, I almost did that one. <laughs> and I had to wait to make sure you didn't have Galaxy Quest on your list. Oh, I came so close. I don't know how many times I've watched that in the past three weeks. Oh, I it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, my local theater was running a, a science fiction series where they were doing cult science fiction classics um, on the big screens. And uh, Galaxy Quest was one of them. And it was my favorite of the whole series. So we went, went to several of them, but it was my, it was my favorite to be able to see it again on the big screen. Um, and so it's the... Um, uh, Fred Kwan, the um, t- tech sergeant Chen, mm-hmm. his character on the show, and he falls in love with one of the aliens, um, yeah. Leilari, and it's just, it's just so quirky and it's so crazy, and you know, there's there are very few scenes between them, but the scenes you do have are very telling of their relationship. Yeah. And just the kind of, you know, uh, affection that instantly was created between them and and uh, and drew them to each other to the point where she picks him over, you know, going home with her people. Yeah. Um, which was another that moment where it's, it's just completely silent between her and the captain of the uh, ship that they're rescuing. Um, it, he does. He, she doesn't even have to say anything to him. She just looks at him. They're holding hands, and he lets her go, and he's happy for her. Yeah. And that that moment for them, I thought, was just great. So there you yeah. go, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> no, I mean the, it's it's hard to say that anybody could sacrifice much more mm-hmm. than what she did. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she, you know she, it, the the look on his face the very first time he saw her. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was actually at a low point. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, it totally transforms really nice. him. And then transforms his character as well. Yeah. Like he's, he, you know, he's willing to work and sacrifice and make this, you know, make the ship work and, and fight because of her, so. Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And you could also do, you know, um, Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver in their characters because there's a little, but there's just a little sexual tension between them. You don't really see that they're, yeah. that they really care about each other necessarily. You know that 
but the the other two characters are really mm-hmm. wrapped up in each other. There's a there's a whole lot more uh, that they've got to cross to yes to make that relationship work. Yeah, so absolutely. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. We I mean I had fun with this. This Me is too. one of the super fun lists. I uh, we we know this is going to be posted after Valentine's, but this definitely gives you some pretty pretty safe romantic movies to watch. I yeah. mean District Nine. Come on. <laughs> Guys, how many how many of your your uh, significant others would suggest? Oh, honey, on Valentine's, can we watch District Nine? <laughs> <laughs> can, can we can we watch Star Trek? The- <laughs> yeah, can we go watch The City on the Edge of Forever? Yeah, so Romantic. yeah, <laughs> that's why like, geek girls are awesome. Seriously. <laughs> well, we know there's probably a whole lot more geek stories out there. You um, can leave any of your suggestions or recommendations if you think there's something that should have been on our top list. Also, any evaluations you would like to do about my or Regina's psyche, you're more than welcome to do that as well. We're open to interpretation. (laughs) (laughs) No kidding. Uh, You can find all of our social media contacts on GameOnGirl.com. You've been listening to Game On Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at RowRoom. R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M or email Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. I'm also on Tumblr and Instagram. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz, as I'm known everywhere on the web. (laughs) Uh, We'd love to hear from you all. What are your favorite geeky romances, either romantic moments or romantic stories, romantic couples? Uh, We'd love to have your feedback on the site. So go to Game on Girl and uh, let us know what you think. And like Rhonda said, we're open to interpretations of our lists. (laughs) and we love you guys yeah we love you guys (laughs) she might be a little bit more open to interpretation (laughs) i i I can hear it i don't have to take it yeah exactly (laughs) game one girl is available on itunes and stitcher streaming these links along with references made in the show can be found on our website gameongirl.com this podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song, Good Day, by Triple Fox, is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, get your romantic game on. Game on.